Welcome everybody to the Extra Credit Show. I am Anselmo Moreno. And I'm Richard David. And we are back again with another podcast this week to help everybody master their credit score and get the extra credit that you guys deserve. Richard, good morning. How are you? Ah, drinking my coffee, trying to wake up. Well, wake up because <laughs> it's another beautiful day here in Bakersfield, California. Um, we broke our heat wave. We had like 30 days consecutively of 100 degrees and... Um, we did. We had a day of ninety-nine degrees on Sunday, so hey, we, we broke it. It actually <laughs> felt cool. Um, so there you guys go. I actually took my daughters to the park yesterday because it was actually cool later later in the day. And cool, we're talking like high nineties. Yeah. <laughs> so that's just crazy. But you know, after, it's all relative. After being in hundred plus degree weather for thirty days in a row, you, you get used. You get to appreciate the nineties for sure. Um, but welcome back, everybody to our 35th episode of the Extra Credit Show. We're very excited for this week's episode like we always are. Um, us being credit consultants now for the last 12 years, we come across the darndest things being put out there. And one of my, my so that's what we're gonna talk about today is we're just gonna try to take care of five or so myths that are out there in the credit score improvement world um, that just kind of get perpetuated, just really weird, funky things that, that we hear. One of them, We'll just jump right in. The most, the most, this is the funniest one to me. I never quite got it. Um, but there's a thing where you can opt out. Oh, and so, yeah. so people think like you can opt now, you can opt out of telemarketer calls, which doesn't really work very well. But back in the day, there was a thing. I would say it actually increases it because now they have your number <laughs> to know not to call and they, they'll do it on purpose. Yeah. And, and so, I mean, and that, that, that's going to be a cool episode too when we talk about the Telephone Consumer Protection Act. Uh -huh. uh, but right isn't now... It, isn't it the Telephone Communications Practices Act? Something like that. Yeah. Um, uh, TCPA, that's all I know yeah, about it. Yeah, um, But we have opting out uh, as far as credit reports and credit scores are concerned is a funny little thing. Um, and really what it is, is technically the myth goes that if you opt out, you actually gain 10 points. And it was a really big myth um, I heard so much talk from loan officers and even some friends suggesting that if you opt out, it would increase your score a little bit. Um, and the logic there was that, first let's explain what opting out is. Okay, so opting out is you go to the Federal Trade Commission, you give them your information to be put on a do not call registry. Well, actually, I'm sorry, I'm thinking about the Telephone Communications Practices Act. For credit, it is you contact the three credit bureaus and you let them know that you do not want to be contacted uh, by any um, creditors for any promotional offers whatsoever. So if you guys are in your credit uh, score improvement journey, you're probably noticing that you're getting an increased influx of credit offers in the mail. And some days you could have a whole bunch of, you know, you've been pre-approved, pre-selected for this credit card or this loan. And technically, the way that that information is acquired and how you get those offers is the credit bureaus sell your data to say Capital One. And mm -hmm. Capital One will request a list from Experian saying, I want um, mailers for you know people that fit this criteria. And they would have you know certain indicators like 620 credit score, credit history for this long, this age, or this demographic, this area. Mm -hmm. And then they would send them all those mailers. Yep. Um, and so that's how you get those mailers in the mail by the credit bureaus selling your data on these lists. So if you opt out, it's supposed to prevent the credit bureau from selling your data on this list. And so if you do that, you can significantly reduce the amount of junk mail that you get at your home at your home or office. So 
when you think about it, when you get into actually thinking about the specifics of that, it's kind of messed up. It's like, I don't want you making money off of me is what it really comes down to. So, I mean, not wanting junk mail is is a good enough reason for me. Mm-hmm. But the myth went that if you opted out, that you would get points. And the logic behind it from the few conversations I had was that if the creditors stop looking at your credit report to offer you credit, then they would stop inquiries, which would therefore increase your score, which is a really dumb, like you, you can't, I can't connect those dots, but people did. And it was a huge myth and it was not true. I, I think I can, I can take a crack at why it was a, uh, a myth. It's because back many, many years ago, when you would get promotional offers in the mail, uh, people assumed that your credit was being ran, which it technically is, but that the inquiry uh, being done by this uh, creditor would lower your score. And when you're getting all these promotional offers in the mail, your your credit is being ran and ran and ran and ran, dropping your score. So by opting out, it would prevent it and your score would increase. That would be just one myth perpetuating another myth. Exactly. Um, but the, I mean, they so people literally had a 635 score and they were advised, oh, just opt out and that'll put you well over 640. And I was like, what that is the craziest thing I've ever heard. Um, and, and it kind of died down, at least here in our area, largely uh, because we, we tried to kill that very well. So, but it's it's probably still out there in the world. I still see it online and some comments. And so opting out does nothing for your score. Now, technically, it's not a bad idea if you want to significantly reduce the junk mail offers that you get. Sure. Um, you know, and if you're you're going to start like building your credit, um, it's not a it's not it's not a bad idea either. Um, because it'll prevent like the credit reporting agencies from selling your name to prospective creditors. And sometimes when you're in the process of of rebuilding your credit, you want to be wary with who you do business with. Mm-hmm. And you're going to be in flux with these with these credit card offers. And you don't want to take them. You want to be very strategic with who you start doing business with when rebuilding your credit. So but once you once you actually get a solid score or a good score, you will get a ton of those mailers if you don't opt out. So mm-hmm. I actually do recommend it. So what about you? Are, have you opted out? Um, I have it simply because I want to know what's being offered out there so I can educate my consumers what to look out for. Um, and that's the only reason. But, uh, you know, I have thought many times in the back of my head, man, I should start opting out. This is this is getting mm-hmm. ridiculous. I, I did opt out and it doesn't stop all the mail, but it mm-hmm. definitely reduces it. Mm-hmm. So there you guys go. Now, moving on. This is one that I heard actually this week. Um, this client was telling me that she was uh, paying more than her minimum payment um, on her car loan. OK. Or her required payment on her car loan and that she would pay more than once a month because it, you know she could get credit faster since she made multiple payments um, mm. throughout the month and then obviously paid more than what they required and I told her that you know financially that's not a bad idea because you pay down the debt faster but mm. it certainly the act alone of paying stuff quicker or more than once a month does not improve the score now now this is one of those where I will say it's a myth based on true but it's a it's not a even that is not applicable to the type of loan that she's doing it to, an auto loan. <clears throat> an auto loan is an installment loan. And, you know, the installment loans really only factor into the total history of the credit score, uh, not even necessarily to the debt utilization. So by simply paying down that balance factor, you uh, that balance faster, you may actually be uh, causing yourself harm inadvertently. 
um, because you're shortening the amount of history that you're going to have with that vehicle. Once the account is closed, it'll fall off the credit report faster. That means you'll have less history. Had it been with something else like a credit card, I can see how they would give, give lettance, uh, lend credence to that myth, but it's not the act of paying twice. It's the act of lowering the balance down faster because in a credit card, debt utilization does matter. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I think back to the, the point with the car loan. Um, sometimes I feel like in the real world, if you take a look at a car loan in the way that the interest is spread out over the life of the loan, you pay most of the interest up front. So mm -hmm. if you do make an effort to pay off the car loan faster than the scheduled five years, mm -hmm. um, the trade-off in interest saved mm -hmm. is probably well worth any uh, point loss, if you will, for mm -hmm. paying it off early. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I don't want to give put that out there just like that. So you no. don't you don't lose points for paying off no. the car loan early. No, but you, you also not. don't gain points. Exactly. So if you're doing it, you're simply doing it because you're saving money in interest. Maybe you have a high interest rate loan. But if you have a great credit score and you don't you're not paying any interest on the car loan, paying it off early really doesn't do anything. Actually, right? I, I'm going to I'm going to take what I said back a little bit backtrack. Um, it may actually hurt you because another factor in your credit is the average age of your open accounts. If you close it, if you close it off uh, earlier, it may uh, lower the average age of your open accounts. Not necessarily, but it may do that. So, you know, just consider consider all the factors. If you're if you're a extra credit show listener and you're trying to squeeze out as many points. Just keep that factor in mind. Yeah, you want to be aware of all the factors, but sometimes there's a, you got to have a little bit of a trade-off. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely uh, be be aware of that. But just the people think that the simple act of paying more than once a month or paying, you know, the fact that you paid more than the minimum balance, um, whether it, or the minimum payment, whether it's on a credit card or a loan, it, that act alone does not improve the score. But yeah. maybe things tied to it will, like, for example, like Richard said, bringing the balance down will bring the score up on a credit card. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. it's the balance that brought the score up, not the overpayment or mm -hmm. the multiple payments. Mm -hmm. So definitely understanding the way that the system is designed and the way that it works is a very, very important thing for, for the consumer to understand. And that's why we do the show. So moving on, this one's one of... Um, my, this one's one of my pet peeves, honestly. Um, like I don't, so I, when we meet with people and their credit cards are maxed out and then I, and then they say, well, yeah, because I want to show that I'm using them so mm -hmm. I can build more credit. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, that goes against everything that we talk about. You know, mm -hmm. having masked, maxed out credit cards to show that you are using it does not improve <laughs> your credit score. No. It actually lowers your credit score significantly. Yes. We just spoke about how debt utilization is a factor, a very huge factor in the way your credit score is graded, uh, you know, by FICO or Vantage or whoever. So you don't want to be maxed out. Keep the balances low or non-existent if possible. And another myth to throw into that one is maybe they are not keeping their credit cards maxed out to show that they are using them, but they have this idea of we should keep them at 50% mm. or I should keep them at 30%. And that's a huge one as well. And that one, I mean, I've heard all of them. I've heard all the numbers that people should keep their limits at or their balances at a certain percentage of the limit. 
Um, and that one, you know, I, I hope that you guys have heard us say it before, if you're longtime listeners of the show, but the reality is that the lower the balance you have, the better your credit score is going to be. Mm-hmm. So if you have a 50% balance on your, on your, on your limit, um, that's better than being maxed out. But if you bring it below 50, it's even better and, and so on and so forth, all the way down to zero. I mean, really, you know, zero is better than 1%. So we really recommend that. And then a lot of people kind of have a knee-jerk reaction when we say, I, you know, I say literally, you just pay off your cards. And they say, well, don't I need to show something that I'm doing something? And it's like, well. That, that's where the uh, that's where the myth comes from, <clears throat> you know. And, and you know, I, I pick on them even though I, I really like them. And I do, you know, I, I help a lot of my <clears throat> lenders um, with their clients. But, you know, and I know they don't say, say this anymore because they've learned from me. But... Uh, a lot of lenders in the past would tell their consumers, you need to show activity. The bank wants to see activity in order for them to give you this loan because they want to know that you're a stable consumer. But, uh, you know, it's not going to really help out your credit score one bit. Uh, you, you want to keep the balances at zero. I, I cannot say that enough. You know, uh, I just can't stress it. Just lower your balances to, to the least amount that you possibly can. Yeah, absolutely. I really, I really do. We, that's really what we advocate for. One of our biggest strategies that we implement for our clients is during their credit repair journey, um, if we expect them to be, say, credit ready in six months, one of the main components of that is to make sure that they have zero credit card debt at the end. So if they have a bunch now, we need to have a plan to get rid of it by the time that they're ready. Or if we're counseling them to build credit, we, we make sure that we build in the habits of just don't carry the credit card debt. Because that's it's a big problem. A lot of the times, people say, "Well, how long is this? Th- how long is this going to take?" And it's like, well, I look at their credit report. How long is it going to take you to pay off these credit cards? You know, and, and they just kind of look at me like I, I didn't plan on it. Like literally, that's how they look at me. I, I didn't actually plan on paying those off. I <laughs> I wanted to just continue paying making payments, but want to have a good score. It's like, well, that doesn't work together. I've used this analogy in a show past, but I'd like to present it to you again. You know, remember, credit is a snapshot of what you look like in that particular moment. Um, And so, you know, like a picture, you always want to look your best when you take a picture. So having zero debt is better than having 50 percent debt. Be your best when you get that picture taken of you. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, and that's just another, you know, one of the. One of the myths that are out there, um, and I feel like right now, people who have scores in the 600, if your scores say 620 to 680, maybe even 690, like you're stuck there because you have credit card balances. Mm-hmm. And, and you're not going to get over the 700 hump until you start directly attacking those credit card balances. And it leads to another very important, um, I guess, credit fundamental to understand is that the, the timing of these credit cards, the balances and when they report and when you pay them off and when the statement close, all that is connected significantly. Mm-hmm. So just a good mm-hmm. example, um, most of your creditors, especially credit card creditors, will report to the bureaus once a month, Yep. at different intervals of the month. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's not a set date, uh, but generally speaking, your credit card company will report to the credit bureau whatever your balance was at the when your statement closed right so every credit card has a billing cycle and at the end of the billing cycle the statement closes you get your statement and it says that you know your balance is x your limit is y your minimum payment is z all that is on the statement well that's the data that they're going to send over to the credit bureaus 
And most people, when they receive their statement, they pay it off. Now, the flaw in that is that they're paying it off at the wrong time, mm -hmm. right? Can you elaborate on that? <clears throat> well, you don't want to pay once you get your statement because once you get your statement, it's already been reported to the credit bureaus what the balance is. Even if you pay it at the statement date, your credit report will not reflect the balance being paid off until the next billing cycle. But on top of that, if you've, get, if you've gotten your billing cycle, chances are you're going to be paying interest on any balances that you that are on the credit card. And so to avoid paying interest rates, you want to pay well before the billing cycle. And and if you time it so that you pay it before the billing cycle, then what gets updated is your, your low balance, mm -hmm. not your high balance. Exactly. Um, so if you do have that credit card practice, which is not bad at all, that if you use your credit card, you pay it off every month. I mean, that's not a bad idea at all. But if you're just paying it off a couple of days late, um, and I don't mean late, like you're paying late, but a, late in the credit um, update world, then you're always going to be reporting a, a balance on the credit card that technically you're paying it off. So if you just pay it off before the statement closes, you're timing it better so that they're reporting a low balance on the bureau and you, you never have to worry about leaving points on the table because you have a balance on your cards. Paying off your balances in full before the billing cycle is extra credit show approved. Absolutely. It is definitely a, a solid move, uh, very wise of of you guys to incorporate. That way you guys never have to worry about, oh, I can't run my credit right now because I, my credit card balances are not where they need to be. Um, and that leads to another point here where if you're say trying to get mortgage ready, you wanna buy a house, you're working on your credit um, and all you need to do is pay off your credit cards, chances are you're gonna have to wait maybe 30, 45 days after you pay off your credit cards before you actually let a lender run it because just because you paid them off this weekend does not mean that you're ready to go by by Monday. No. You know, It's gonna take 30, maybe 45 days for it to update. But if you know the timing element, you can do it right away mm -hmm. because you don't have to wait for the update. You understand the timing. And the, the consumers that are really astute um, they actually know when each particular credit card updates and they they, they do it so that they update um, the, at the bureau correctly. And that's really helped out by Credit Karma because Credit Karma updates every week. So you're able to see exactly when your particular creditor updates your particular account. So you're able to time it even further. So technically it will work if you pay it off this weekend, you might be ready by Monday if you actually understand the timings. Um, but I mean, that's really, really like Ninja Secret. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But it's all about timing. Um, but you know, it's it's just like that saying goes, if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. And if you always pay off your credit cards before the statement closes, you'll always be ready. Would that be a new form of jutsu? I think so. <laughs> uh, it's it, You know, it's just so powerful because as we've broken down the credit score formula before, the utilization is 30%. And that's the second biggest chunk of the whole FICO uh, scoring formula. So basic math, school grade, 30% off of your score is a 70. That's a C minus. Yeah. Um, there is one that I wanted to talk about that kind of uh, relates a little bit to this. Um, not necessarily, but um, it, it's, a, it's along the same field. Uh, sometimes one of the myths that I hear that's uh, given by creditors themselves is, you know, like, for example, uh, when when a consumer goes and is trying to establish credit, you know, they don't have hardly any credit and they'll go to a, somewhere like a, a jewelry store because, you know, they're, they're a bit easier to establish credit with. You know, the jewelry store will tell them, well, go ahead and get something on credit. We'll report it. Everything will be good. 
And, and it's true, you know, they, they will establish credit for you. You make your payments. It reports to the credit bureaus. You will gain some positive history off of it. The problem lies once you're done fulfilling that obligation. Once you fulfill that obligation, the, the same jeweler will attempt to get you to buy more product because they say it's going to help your credit even further. And, you know, getting more and more accounts from the same creditor isn't necessarily the right way to go. It isn't really going to necessarily help your credit score further. At that point in time, I would recommend that you use that new positive history and you go and establish a different trade line because you want more overall history, not just one account. Absolutely. And you don't have to keep buying jewelry to keep building credit. Exactly. I mean, obviously, it's in the jeweler's best interest to keep you buying jewelry. Yes. Um, but it's definitely a starter um, like to start building credit simply because sometimes when you have poor credit or no credit, you find it difficult to obtain credit to build credit. So it's mm -hmm. a tough catch 22 type of situation. But once you actually get one paid off account like a jewelry account or any other type of subprime account, once you get that on your under your belt on your credit report, it'll open up the door to more traditional credit where you can establish and have an account open without actually having to spend money. And that's going to be the goal. I mean, the goal of a person with a very high credit score is to pay very little or no finance charges anywhere they go. And they want to have a a multitude of line credit lines established so that they can show a good uh, payment history throughout, you know, multiple accounts, not just having one account for 10 years or whatnot. Absolutely. And that is about it. That kind of wraps it up for this week's show. Do we have any extra credit task of the week? Well, the extra credit task of the week this week is going to be um, don't listen to any myths. If you want to know what's going on, listen to the extra credit show and we, or look up our past episodes and you will educate yourself on what's real and what's not real. And please send us a message, you know, make sure to follow us on social on Instagram at the extra credit show on Facebook and send us a message or send us a question uh, that we can address on the show. We'd be happy to do so. The extra credit show at gmail.com. And that's it for this week's show. Guys, I am Anselmo Moreno. I'm Richard David. We'll see you guys next time.